tension. Coal miners in one community, they've been on strike now for months. Working as long as 12 hours a day, seven days a week, in some of the most dangerous conditions. I really think that the labor movement is the single greatest force for democracy in the history of the United States. The story of Alabama is a story of not just resilience, but of militancy. I If we ain't all free, ain't none of us free. You're listening to Alabama's only union talk radio show, The Valley Labor Report, with Adam Keller and Jacob Morrison. Good morning, y'all. Hello, good morning. Welcome to The Valley Labor Report. My name is Adam Keller, and this is Shop Talk. Our new Thursday morning episode will be bringing every week with a focus on labor education, history, and training. It's Thursday, March 16th, and we're broadcasting live from the Spice Radio studio here in the heart of Huntsville, Alabama, which is in the heart of the Tennessee Valley. Every episode is live streamed on YouTube and Facebook, and in the following days, it's released on your favorite podcasting platform. Today on the show, we're gonna do a little training we are going to talk to Joe Demanuel Hall from Labor Notes about Stewart's Corner and the resources available uh, for labor education and training. So really looking forward to that. Really appreciate Joe coming on the show. Uh, I knew that was going to be one of the earliest episodes I wanted to do. So just a reminder that the Valley Labor Report is a working class media collective dedicated to lifting up labor struggles throughout Alabama and across the South. We bring you Alabama's only union talk radio show every Saturday morning with the first half from 9.30 to 11 a.m. live on FM radio through WVNN here in the Huntsville listening area. The entire program is online via Facebook, YouTube, and podcast, and portions of the program are replayed on WZZA in the Shoals and WHIV out of New Orleans. We encourage you to check out our website, tvlr.fm, which we're currently expanding to feature regularly regularly published articles, including some news and commentary relevant to working people in the South. You can check out our merch at tvlr.fm slash store. And finally, we rely on donations and sponsorships to do all of this. We appreciate the local unions and organizations that have sponsored ads, But our single biggest source of contributions comes from listener donations, folks like you who are tuning in this morning. You can make a one-time donation or a recurring donation at tvlr.fm slash donate. We also have a Patreon if you prefer to donate that way. And hey, we'll even take a good old-fashioned check mailed to our P.O. box. You just hit us up, we'll work with you. Whether you donate, share, subscribe, or just listen... We really appreciate your support, and we can't do it without you. So, with some of that preamble out of the way, uh, really excited about today's guest. Joe Demanuel Hall is an organizer with Labor Notes based out of the New York office, if I'm not mistaken. And I should say before I get any further, this is only the second episode of Shop Talk. And as you may have noticed, this is a solo project with me, Adam Keller, and so uh, very, very grateful that Ben is in the studio this morning. Uh, That has been super helpful, Uh, but as you can imagine, I'm not a radio professional, 
So, uh, if there are any technical issues or any problems this morning, I do apologize. We're still working out some kinks, but uh, last week was the first episode. We did an introduction to the series. We looked at March labor history anniversaries, and I did a, a little segment on the Walker County, Alabama teacher strike of 1979. So, if you missed that, definitely go back and check it out. The podcast is uh, up already. Uh, so you can check it out through podcasts or, of course, go back to the YouTube live stream. So as I mentioned today, we are speaking with Joe Demanuel Hall from Labor Notes. Uh, Joe has previously appeared on the show during our uh, big one, Unions 101 episode last year. I believe Joe actually was on the Unions 201 overtime segment we did on being a good steward. Uh, we're going to explore some similar themes today, but with a particular focus on Stewards Corner and the other resources available from Labor Notes to help folks be better advocates, better organizers, and better leaders. Once we fleshed out the idea of shop talk, of, of having a series like this strictly for labor education, history, and training, I knew I wanted this to be one of the very first episodes. Because in my opinion, you can't talk union education and training without talking about labor notes. Uh, they are that essential of a resource, in my opinion. So, Joe, welcome back to the Valley Labor Report. Really appreciate your time. Appreciate you being here. Thanks so much for having me again. Great to be back. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let me get you on the screen here. And uh, we will get going. Appreciate your patience, Joe. So uh, before we dive into labor notes and the resources y'all have available, how about you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about you and your background, what you do at Labor Notes, and you know your journey through the movement that led you to that current role. Sure, yeah, absolutely. So uh, again, my name is Joe Demanuel Hall. I work at Labor Notes based out of Brooklyn, New York. Been working at Labor Notes for about four years and change now. Um, where most of what I do is working on education and events. And one of the relevant things that I've been doing is in the past year and a half or so, we started a monthly round of online steward trainings that we hold on Zoom that are open to anybody. We cover topics ranging from uh, you know, your basic grievance handling to uh, stewards' roles as organizers in the workplace to topics like Just Cause, and uh, we're doing one next week actually about uh, communications with members and tools that stewards can use and strategies that stewards can use to both reach members, but also to get input and to get members talking with one another about issues at the job and building a little bit more of a workplace community uh, kind of thing. Uh, before I was working at Labor Notes, uh, I was an organizer and a rep with the Transport Workers Union. Okay. Uh, for a handful of years, also based out in New York. Before that, I was a forklift driver in a Walmart. I was, I was trying to organize a union. Oh, nice. I did not know that about you. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, yeah, you've got the transportation background, uh, working as a forklift driver. Those are very, very important, uh, having had to work with forklift drivers myself. So, uh, yeah, you've got you've got some cool background to bring into this role. And, um you know, I'm glad you mentioned some of the uh, online meetings that are taking place, because that's definitely something I want to talk about a little bit more. But before we get to that point, just, you know, pretend someone's never heard of Labor Notes. They are new to the union movement. 
what is Labor Notes? Labor Notes is an organization that provides resources to union activists who are interested in making their union stronger, more militant, more democratic. And some of the types of resources that we provide is, Labor Notes was originally started as a newspaper, in a monthly newspaper in 1979, which we still do monthly. There's a really great issue coming out this month, subscribe to. Uh, and over the years has picked up more and more things that we do. Uh, big part of what we do is in-person educational events and conferences, our flagship being every two years we do this increasingly massive conference in that's now in Chicago. It was originally in Detroit. Uh, the last one we did, uh, June of last year, there were 4,000 people there. Uh, and our next one is going to be in April 2024. Uh, beyond that big in-person one, we do a lot of local in-person events. So just this past weekend, we did one in LA that had about 400 people there. It was a one-day conference. We have ones coming up in uh, Iowa, Indiana, New Orleans, Seattle, uh, Bay Area coming up next, handful of other places. Uh, and we also provide, uh, have in recent years especially, provided more and more online resources uh, in terms of online trainings, webinars, things like that. Uh, but a really core part of what we've done the whole time is in the written word. And that's both in the magazine as well as books that we put out. Um, one of the most popular books that we have is a book called Secrets of a Successful Organizer, which is a great crash course in organizing, as well as a good resource to come back to time and time again, I've found. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, resources for uh, books on uh, steward skills, The Legal Rights of Union Stewards. It's a really great book that uh, written by a uh, labor attorney named Bob Schwartz that we now put out. Uh, along with a handful of his other books that are all phenomenal, in my opinion. Um, and that brings us to the Stewards Corner, which I can talk about now, if you'd like. Yeah, absolutely. Because, uh, you know, as folks could tell, Labor Notes has long made an effort to provide resources and training for folks that are interested in becoming a steward or serving already as a steward or, you know, the equivalent position in their union. Obviously, not every union calls it a steward, but... Uh, you know, for folks that are stepping into those roles or maybe have been placed into those roles uh, without a lot of uh, prep work, uh, you guys provide Stewards Corner. So, yeah, tell us about that and, and maybe some of the history of how that developed. Sure. Yeah. So I'll take even a, a slightly additional step back to give some context, because one thing I did ahead of this conversation was uh, we're in the process of digitizing uh, the archives of every issue of Labor Notes we've ever done. Oh, awesome. And so I went back to some of the original ones. Those will be available soon, I believe, through the library at Wayne State in Detroit. Um, but you know, Labor Notes was started as this newsletter in 1979, which uh, was a pretty wild time in the labor movement and was in part an attempt to bridge some gaps between really interesting things that were happening in the labor movement, but were not really cohered into a, a particular current or a, a self-identified current. And so, right. you know, this was a time when uh, movements uh, for democracy and movements against concessions in unions like the Teamsters, uh, this group Teamsters for a decent contract to the uh, 
ended up becoming uh, Teamsters for a Democratic Union, a caucus within the Teamsters Union, which still exists today. The movement for democracy within the Miners Union, uh, Miners for Democracy, movements within the Steelworkers Union, uh, movements against concessions within the big uh, auto union in the United States, the United Auto Workers, which we can see reflections of today in the election that's uh, hopefully going to be announced today there. Um, and so the the newspaper was, all of these people were doing really exciting things in their different places. But the newspaper was an attempt to try and uh, get people talking to one another and knowing about what was going on in the labor movement, seeing themselves as part of an actual labor movement and not just a, a movement for reform within their own unions. Right. So a lot of the early issues of labor notes were about uh, kind of big picture things, uh, you know, concessions at Chrysler or the financial state of the rubber industry and what that would mean for the upcoming rubber workers uh, negotiations, things like that. And I, I went back and I found the first Steward's Corner, which is uh, now a monthly uh, piece, recurring piece within the Labor Notes magazine that we put out every month. Uh, and it was in 1984. And uh, it was it, it described as an attempt to Kind of bring it back to the shop floor, recognizing that people, uh, even while they were trying to learn about what else was going on in the labor movement, needed help around, you know, how to be a better union activist, where they were at, uh, right. not just hearing about what was going on elsewhere. And so the first one was an article by a uh, a CWA telephone worker in New York City who was writing about. Uh, how to use grievances effectively, even if you didn't have a winning grievance on your hand. And so how uh, a quote unquote losing grievance could still be used uh, to strong effect. And so I think we might actually republish that one now that I just went back and found it because it was pretty great. Sounds um, good. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we've been doing them ever since. Um, so now have hundreds and hundreds of them out there. Um, some of which we've compiled uh, on our website or uh, in a unfortunately out of print book now uh, called the Steward's Toolbox. But yeah, that's that's where it comes from. And that was the idea behind it. Excellent. Excellent. And I actually have a copy of the Steward's Toolbox. Uh, I, I busted it out um, this week, uh, actually. So, yeah, I, I think it's it's great. Um, and that's something that I think is useful for those who are listening, who are getting involved in the labor movement, because, you know, you have all those big picture ideas in your head about organizing the working class and taking on, you know, the power of monopoly industry and uh, how to have democratic unions. But then there's the nuts and bolts of just day to day. You're in the shop. A member comes to you with a problem. What do you do? How do you handle it? Right. And and that's. Um, that's the beauty in Steward's Corner. So you spoke a little bit to this already, but why do y'all do this, right? Because uh, presumably the people reading belong to unions already. Um, they pay dues. They have national or, or international organizations. Uh, and theoretically, they all have training departments, right? Professional development departments. So, you know, why why do y'all as this scrappy group out here, why are y'all, you know, filling this gap? I think for a couple of reasons. So one is in part knowing our audience and that the 
the audience of labor notes has always been uh rank and file union members local officers executive board members right that uh we don't see ourselves as speaking to primarily the great thinkers or strategists of the labor movement in DC, the people who are organizing in their workplace. Mm -hmm. And th that's relevant, right? You know, even as you're thinking about some of these bigger concepts around uh, democratic unionism or how unions can be a vehicle for political change, you're also thinking about grievance handling. And I think that one of the things that made Labor Notes successful really early on was the closeness to that, that uh, because the the peers, the readers of labor notes were really frontline practitioners of unionism, labor notes was able to get in uh, ahead on stuff like some of these early Stewards Corners articles were about things like the management trends of the 80s towards what were called uh, quality of working life circles, which were basically these union undermining labor management committees that were all the rage in mainstream unionism in the 80s, but that dissident auto workers were able, who Labor Notes was close to was able to identify as really things that were going to come back to hurt the labor movement. So I think that that's part of it. Also, there's a recognition that democratic unionism lives in the workplace and is not something that happens away from there or apart from the nuts and bolts skills that people are practicing. That the there's there's a there's a democratic and militant way to do grievance handling and to holding shop meetings and parking lot meetings that's not separate from or apart from the day-to-day -day work that someone is doing as a steward right it doesn't have to happen away from there yeah absolutely and i think i really liked your phrase you know frontline uh, practitioners of unionism uh, because I think that is, you know, not just the existing audience, but obviously an audience that we all want to grow. We want more folks on the front line practicing unionism. And Stewart's Corner is just, you know, that resource that uh, that does fuse the big picture with the nuts and bolts. Because I think what you just said is very, very powerful, that the way you handle meetings, the way you represent members, the way you, uh, you know, process a grievance, all does connect to your model of unionism and, you know, your philosophy behind the unionism. And there are different ways to handle those. And, you know, you can, in whatever union you're in, more than likely, you can just kind of pick up where the status quo has left off, right? You can do the meetings the way they've always been done. Uh, you can represent the members the way they've always been represented and what they've come to expect and what they're used to. Um, and there are pros and cons to that approach. But one thing that I found very valuable about Labor Notes and Stewart's Corner in particular is it, it helps us to rethink some of those practices uh, and to analyze those practices on what's effective and what's not. And is it feeding into our bigger picture goals? Uh, because it's easy to get in the day-to-day -day grind of, you know, assisting your members and dealing with workplace problems and lose sight of that big picture of building a democratic bottom-up kind of movement. So, and obviously you've spoken to this already about why folks should check this out. And I think, you know, we've both spoken to that. 
so what are some of the, and you've mentioned a couple examples already. What are some more examples of, you know, some of the, the articles that y'all have put out uh, and some of the things that you've described in the Steward's Corner? Sure. Yeah, I had some fun with this one, going back and looking at some of these. So I think that some of my favorite versions of these articles, again, of which there are hundreds at this point, um, and which I hope we can, in the coming year or so, do a, a bit of a better job of compiling into a place where you can find them more easily, but are ones, like you mentioned, that are about uh, a little bit of a reframing or a shifting of how you think about the work. And uh, the they're pr relatively short articles, right? So mm -hmm. that they they don't try to cover too much. They try to cover one topic well in my mind. So one of my favorite ones of these is one that's called uh, "Bring the Union Meeting to the Members," which I think even just like I just send the title to people sometimes, right? Um, by a retired uh, now retired uh, former Teamster organizer named Joe Fahey. Uh, who's a great liberal educator uh, in his own right. Um, and it's just about how uh, one re a common refrain and a common response of union activists is, you know, nobody comes to the meeting, so nobody cares, mm. right? And the the whole article is about how you can think about that differently, right? If there are people who you come back from the union meeting and somebody asks you what happened at the union meeting, they're telling you something about themselves. They're telling you that they're interested, but for whatever reason, they couldn't make it to the the meeting or the meeting doesn't work for them or whatever. And so how to think about uh, the challenge of union meeting attendance as an organizing tool and about whether or not the union meeting is the only or even the best way to measure uh, how much people care about what's going on. Like, is the meeting the problem or the, or are the members the problem? Right. Uh, or is it something else? And I think that that's, it's just uh, something that I've heard so commonly in the movement that, you know, people don't care because people don't come to meetings. That's the way that we know that. And I th it just flips that on its head in such a, a simple and direct way. And then, you know, whatever, 800 words, that I think it can really do a good job. When the Steward's Corner articles that we do, uh, when they work well, they do something like that, which is to get you thinking about a little bit differently about something that you might already be doing. Um, another one that I use really regularly and share with people, and that I see as one of those kind of eye-opening moments that people have, that's really around basic labor education, the things that people didn't know that they could do is one uh, by, again, the the labor attorney I mentioned named Bob Schwartz, who has written a lot of great books for stewards in particular. And uh, we published an excerpt of one of his books as an article called File an Information Request with Every Grievance. And it's just about how you can use the power of information requests uh, to throw a wrench in the operations of the company, to learn about what's going on and how to maximally exert your rights on the job and your rights as a union rep. And every time I share it with people, especially people who are newer stewards who might not have gotten a ton of resources or support from their union, uh, people love it, right? You can just see their their jaws drop with like, I didn't know I could do that. Right. Maybe I'll try and do that next time. Um, so those types of things I think are really great. Things that are 
uh, a bite-sized piece of information that somebody can grab onto and really do something with, and things that are a, a slight reframing of a common problem that people see themselves to have and can uh, use that reframing to approach the work a little bit differently. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I so agree with that, that, you know, at its best, it really, it's, it is bite-sized, it's practical, you can take it and you can use it, but it does reorient your thinking around the work that you're dealing with day to day. Uh, I know the one you mentioned about the meetings, I, I remember running off many copies of that one to pass out to members. Uh, you know, because of course, anyone in this movement for very long is going to hear those things that nobody cares, nobody shows up to the meetings, uh, you know, you only hear from folks when they are in trouble, that sort of thing. That's very, very common, regardless of the industry, regardless of the union or type of union you're in. You know, that's not particularly unique. And so I think those sorts of resources have just been invaluable to a whole gener you know at this point multiple generations uh, of labor organizers and activists um you know i know it's certainly been very formative for me and um you know i think the bob schwartz articles and bob schwartz books yeah i got to take a second to really just like echo the endorsement there um especially for those of you who are uh, rising in the ranks of leadership uh, or you are taking on more responsibilities when it comes to representing members who are in trouble, uh, you should read Bob Schwartz 100%. Uh, if you're doing nothing else, like read Bob Schwartz and, and that will be a, a big help to you. So you've spoken about some of the things y'all have done in the past and, and some of the highlights. Uh, and and one thing you've also mentioned that I think is worth pulling out again is that it is a way to see trends in management and trends in, in industries uh, over time. Uh, as you spoke with with the you know labor management committees back in the eighties, um, you know we've seen we see trends come and go, and whether it's public education or transportation, whatever the industry may be. Management has their own resources. Management reads things like this for them, right? And that, that's also something I, I want to pass along to, to anyone listening is that there's a good chance your boss or at least your boss's boss has the equivalent of a steward's corner in their inbox pretty regular, right? They are getting training. They may have gone to college for management. Um they're certainly getting resources and support, uh, you know, depending on on the shop. They may have a lawyer on retainer that they can just pick up the phone and call whenever they feel like. Right. And those are things that we don't necessarily have. Uh, it's an unequal balance of power. So this is a way to educate yourself in a way that shifts the balance of power in the workplace. And that's really all. That's what we're about at the Valley Labor Report. I know that's what Labor Notes is about as well. So. If you could tell us, what do y'all, you know, give us a preview of what's to come. Uh, is there anything really exciting that y'all are working on or some of the, maybe the new trends, areas that you know y'all need to address with the Stewards Corner moving forward? Yeah, sure. So some of the recent stuff that we've been covering uh, in the Stewards Corner and elsewhere in the magazine as well, because it's something that's going on in the labor movement, we, uh, I think... 
had a focus on it at our most recent conference uh, in Chicago, 2022, is obviously there's a lot of attention on new organizing in the labor movement now. And so some of the things that we've been putting together in the stewards corner are articles around trying to help support people who are figuring that out for the first time, who are bargaining their first contract, um, who are trying to figure out what should, shouldn't be in there, how to handle it, how to, uh, how to act like a union before you have a union, things like that. So actually a couple of the most recent articles that we put out were, there was one on uh, Stewart's Corner articles, that is, uh, there was one on no strike clauses and, mm. uh, what it, the particulars of those, like getting into the nitty gritty of uh, what a good one looks like, what a bad one looks like, that kind of thing, uh, because they are, you know, overwhelmingly common in contracts, at least in our country. Uh, there was another one on uh, on management's rights clauses, which is another one of those uh, trends, not exclusively recent, but growing in relevance uh absolutely in terms of bargaining contracts and not just first contracts at this point right but uh as you said management has an agenda and this is part of it is uh using what are called zipper clauses in contracts to get uh more and more rights taken away from the union so uh there was once upon a time there was in a union contract it was presumed that the contract covered uh, that management had to come to the union about basically anything. And if it was on the union to enforce that, but uh, if there were changes that were going to happen over the life of the agreement, the union had the right to negotiate over that and they would have to, they would have to enforce their right to negotiate over it. But uh, management's rights clauses, which could be these simple one sentence things have grown and grown in length and complexity to the point where uh, what management's goal often is, is to have a section of the contract that says anything that's not specifically in this contract is fully under the purview of management. Mm. So the con everything that's in the contract is what the union gets to say about anything that it doesn't cover is fully management's terrain. Uh, and so I, I, it was a very, I thought, helpful uh, article about that, not just for people who are bargaining a contract for the first time, but who are thinking about how to avoid maybe some of those pitfalls around uh, when they're renegotiating a contract or thinking about ways that you can exert a little bit more power, things uh, get into some language that you might not otherwise look twice at when you're negotiating a contract. So that's one trend is the, the new organizing. Like I said, we've put out a handful of articles, probably more than a handful of articles over the past couple of years, uh, specifically in the stewards corner about that. A couple of things that are coming up that I think are exciting. There is uh, the Labor Notes magazine that's actually just about to hit the post office today. That we just finished yesterday has a great stewards corner in it um, by a, a Teamster union officer who is talking about uh, what to do as a reformer, what to be thinking about as a reformer when you're coming into office for the first time. Ooh, um, and helping that's reformers transition. Relevant. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Helping reformers transition from, you know, often, you know, a, a blue collar job, you know, driving a UPS package car or 
if you're a nurse or a teacher or anything that you do, there's a set of skills that you might not be thinking about or that you might not already have uh, that the boss is certainly not training you in that you'll want to be thinking about when you come into office. And so it's a, a great article about what kinds of resources to be thinking about, what kinds of things to be avoiding, what kind of planning to be doing. And uh, like I mentioned, that's going out in the, the French edition of Labor Notes and uh, it'll be up on our website, I'm sure, soon. Another one that I believe is uh, coming down the pipeline is a, a, a fun one about past practice grievances about a steward who filed and won a past practice grievance over uh, management I believe it was over management previously having given them a birthday party and then not doing that anymore uh and nice one so uh that'll be a fun one i think yeah absolutely and i i personally uh love those kind of stories like those those case studies and uh real examples from folks out on the ground and uh you know winning some victories are in some cases suffering some defeats but something we can learn from those defeats. And, you know, I know for me, Labor Notes was a was a very grounding resource uh, because I was a young reformer turned staffer, uh, you know, so that's a little different dynamic than winning office, obviously, but some of the, some similar, you know, issues and had it not been for Labor Notes, um, you know, I would have been much more lost than I was. Uh, and, and would not have been as successful as I was, frankly, because, uh, you know, the types of information that Labor Notes was sharing, the type of resources and training provided by Labor Notes was really meeting a need that uh, my headquarters was not meeting. And, and so I know I'm not alone with that. So it's, you know, not just members, not just officers, but even staffers, I know, have have really been turned on to labor notes for that very reason. So before I let you go, I, I wanted to just kind of tie up a couple of things. You, you mentioned the labor notes conference and you mentioned some of the in-person events. So I want to take this opportunity to say that uh, I went to labor notes conference in Chicago this past summer with Jacob, our you know co-host, as well as a couple other comrades. And it was a once in a lifetime experience. It was uh, by far the best conference I've ever been to. And I've been to a lot of conferences uh, all over the state and, you know, in DC, I've been to trainings in DC. I've, I've worked with NEA and AEA and uh, various other organizations. Uh, I've been to a lot of workshops, sat through a lot of PowerPoints, but nothing quite compared to that experience in Chicago. Uh, the energy in the crowd, the vitality, the just true passion, and, and how good it felt to be in in an environment surrounded by thousands of comrades who also had that same passion. Uh, so I give y'all tremendous, tremendous credit for not just the programming uh, and not just you know the the content itself, but the entire experience was just truly amazing and. Uh, I know Jacob and I, Jacob and I, and our friends who went with us all met folks. We all made connections. We all learned a lot, and uh, also want to brag on Labor Notes for working with us afterwards. Because coming out of that conference was a lot of conversations, like 
how could we do something on a smaller scale like this down home in the South? How could we bring labor notes back to Alabama? And y'all were totally cool to work with us on that. Y'all wanted to do the same thing. And so it was like no time after we get home, you know, we're having Zoom calls with Louise from Labor Notes and Courtney from Labor Notes. And next thing you know, we've got the Alabama Troublemaker School in October uh, d down in Montevallo. And that was a big success from my perspective. We had well over 100 folks attend on a foot college football Saturday, which is not to be discounted as a factor in Alabama. Yeah, um, That is a big factor. Uh, so we had well over 100 folks. There was no official union endorsements, right? Nobody from headquarters anywhere said, go send your folks here. Uh, this was all grassroots, word of mouth. And, and uh, it also was a very uh, profound experience and brought together a really diverse group of workers who were passionate about the labor movement, passionate about organizing working people. So that's, you know, that's some real life uh, results of what you guys are doing over at Labor Notes. So I wanted to just brag on y'all for that. Uh, and thank you for the work that y'all continue to do on behalf of this movement. So was there anything else you wanted to share about Stewart's Corner, Labor Notes, or, or just anything, anything on your mind, Joe, before I let you go? Next Chicago Labor Notes Conference, April 19th to April 21st, 2024. Put it into your calendars now. Book your hotel soon. Uh, it'll be a good one. And thanks for all the kind words. It's great to hear uh, people uh, vibing on it out in the world. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I really appreciate your time this morning, Joe, and for all the work you and your crew do at Labor Notes. So send them my best. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, just keep up the good work. Thank you for your time. Awesome. Thanks so much. Take care. Thanks, Joe. All right, folks. So that was Joe Demanuel Hall from Labor Notes. And uh, I really meant what I said. I really, really do value them and the work they do. I've been following Labor Notes for over a decade now. And it's one of the best and most important resources out there for union members in the United States and across North America, frankly. So sign up for their weekly email newsletter. I understand budgets are tight. Uh, folks can't afford to give to everything they want to give to. I know that's certainly my situation. There's so many great uh, publications, so many great organizations that I would love to donate to. I just simply can't. Uh, not to all of them. So one thing you can do is sign up for their weekly email and uh, it's called the Troublemakers Dispatch. It's a great way to stay in, informed on what's happening and of course be plugged into the sort of stewards resources they're providing. If you can afford it, I really do uh, ask you to consider subscribing to the magazine. It's worth it. I'm very old school. I am a millennial, uh, but I very much value pen and paper and hard copy. And uh, so I love getting the paper magazine in my mailbox. That's always exciting. And uh, definitely recommend you explore their website, labornotes.org. Check out some of the fantastic resources that we discussed this morning and some that we didn't discuss. Uh, for example, they have a how to strike and win manual. And they have a training course, a free training course called Beating Apathy. And so if you've ever had that feeling in your union that it seems like no one really cares, um, it seems like you're one of the few that 
is really interested in doing anything, check that out. Uh, you may find some lessons that you can incorporate as part of your union's training program or even bring to some of the meetings. Uh, and like I said, keep an eye out for those Labor Note events. Every month they're offering virtual trainings that are either free or extremely low cost. And if it's ever a situation where they're charging and you can't afford it, just reach out to them and, and they can probably work something out, frankly, uh, you know, not to encourage that. Because, of course, I want folks to support those who support us. But, uh, you know, my point being they try to make it as accessible as possible. And frankly, a lot of our unions are not doing enough of that, uh, offering trainings and, and kind of meeting members and leaders where they're at to provide those resources and trainings. So uh, that's something that if you're not taking advantage of or if people in your union are not taking advantage of, definitely spread the word and talk to them and see because there's something out there, maybe not every month, maybe not every session. But there's something out there that could be beneficial to you and the folks inside your local union. And you know what? If you are not a union person, if you're just a progressive ally, if you, you know, for whatever reason, there's not a union in your workplace or you're retired or whatever the situation, you know, staying plugged into labor notes is a way to be plugged into the labor movement to know what's going on. And a lot of the skills that, and concepts of organizing that they discuss and, and they train on is applicable for political organizing, community organizing, you know, mutual aid organizing, whatever the situation may be. So, um, you know, as I said, I, I really, really enjoyed the opportunity to go to the Troublemaker School and participate in that and to attend the Labor Notes Conference. If you are at all interested in organizing working class people, make it a point to attend a Labor Notes event. Um, I know we got a comment from William uh, this morning who talked about the troublemaker school that they had up in his neck of the woods, uh, said UE had a great class, uh, and they talked about the difference between solidarity unionism and business unionism, right? And that's something that, uh, that you can pick up at a troublemaker school or Labor Notes event to actually look at not just nuts and bolts of how to be a better rep, but also some of the big picture aspects of what is a union and how does it work and what are the different ways we can approach that work. So if you're new to unions, Labor Notes is a great resource. If you're a steward, an officer, a staffer, if you're in any kind of leadership role in your union, Labor Notes is a great resource, not just for you, but for the members you represent. As I said, if you're not in a union, but you're a progressive ally, it's also a great resource for you. And let me just say, if you're someone who's disenchanted with unions, you have critiques of unions, maybe you've had bad experiences with unions or, you know, someone close to you has had bad experiences, Labor Notes can still be a great resource for you. And part of that's, and one thing I really respect about Labor Notes is that they take a critical look at organized labor. They are willing to acknowledge problems. They're willing to call out misleadership. They are willing to contrast what is with what could be and what should be. And for me, I believe we have to have that critical analysis and we have to keep it real about flaws and shortcomings if we're ever going to make things better. So, you know, if you are in that category who has some you know, mixed feelings or even harsh feelings towards the labor movement as it currently exists, uh, I still encourage you to check them out. 
and I respect their position on that. And I, I respect their critical lens that they approach this work with because it can irritate folks with big titles and deep pockets and important names. I mean, that's just a reality. Um, that's something that we have to consider here on this show. It's something they certainly have to consider, I imagine. Uh, you know, it makes it harder to find funding, right, when you're willing to acknowledge issues and, and be real about situations. But if you truly believe in the power of the labor movement, it does require that critical eye, at least in my opinion. So Labor Notes says they're trying to put the movement back into the labor movement. And that's a mission we share here at the Labor Valley Labor Report. I appreciate Joe, Louise, Courtney, Dan, and the rest of the crew who have come on the show and who've collaborated with us. I appreciate what they do and what they've done. Um, I look forward to all they're going to do in the future. In a time when we face multiple layers of crisis, in a time when the labor movement is experiencing a new upsurge in activity and popularity, yet facing record low membership numbers, in a time when capital is striking back hard at labor in the ongoing class war, in a time such as this, I'm very thankful for a resource like Labor Notes, and I encourage every unionist to follow their work. So, that's all we have for today. This is the second episode of Shop Talk. As a reminder, this is going to be strictly focused on labor education, history, and training. So today we've uh, shared with you one of the, the best possible resources to get going on the education and training component. I have some exciting things coming up in the episodes ahead. Uh, looking forward to talking with some labor historians, which should be really good, uh, as well as ways to get plugged in with labor history. So ask that you stay tuned to the Valley Labor Report on Saturday mornings. We will be right here live, 9.30 a.m. Central Time this Saturday. Got a lot of exciting things for uh, Saturday's episode. Please sign up for our email list at tvlr.fm so you can uh, make sure you're, you're plugged into our new articles that are coming out as we report on uh, as we do some original reporting and as we report on some community events and uh, as well as provide some write-ups for our uh, videos and segments. And again, as always, don't forget to like, subscribe, share. Uh, those little things you can do online for free really does go a long way, and it's a great way to help the program. Uh, just a little bit of your time. If you can just turn on a few of your friends or your coworkers onto the program, we really do appreciate that. Uh, so... Uh, as always, keep your ideas flowing. I got a couple of good ideas this morning in the chat about future episodes of uh, Shop Talk. So if there's anything you think of that would be useful, please just holler at us. Because uh, the goal is that at least once a month, there's a Shop Talk episode that you could share with folks in your union uh, that you know stewards could share with their members that officers could share with their stewards, etc. So uh, definitely hit us up with those good ideas for training and, and for educational uh, segments. So with that, I'm going to sign off. Again, I appreciate everyone tuning in this morning. All power to the workers. Solidarity, y'all. <laughs>